Hi everyone. Before we get started on the next episode of the PK Triathlon Podcast, and this week we talked to someone who was involved in the sport in a couple of different ways, including doing Ironman. Both Kate and I wanted to take just a moment to say thank you for all the positive feedback that we've had about the podcast. Thank you for that. We also wanted to give a shout out to Jordan Harris of Quantum Shift Productions, who's composed an intro for us. We love it. It's mint. Without any more waffling on from me, let's go on to this episode where we talk to Steve Smith, who is, well as being a multiple Ironman, also runs Chivre Gites in France and is involved in Ocean Walker. Here's that intro. Hi everybody, welcome to the next PK Triathlon podcast with Kate and Paul. This week we've got a really good friend of ours, um, Steve Smith, who's here to talk about quite a number of things. Um, He's going to talk about his own experiences of triathlon, because he's a, a triathlete, a long distance triathlete himself. He's also going to talk about his holiday business, Sivrejits, which is based in France, and the work he's been doing with Adam Walker of um, Ocean Walker, and talking about their um, open water swim technique as well. So welcome everybody, and we're going to get started um, to introduce himself, really, Steve. Come and say hi to Paul and I and the rest of our listeners and tell us a little bit about your background. So hi, thanks Kate. Uh, hi Paul, hi everyone. Uh, my name's Steve Smith, as, I've, uh, as you've already heard. And together with my wife, we run Sivrejites out in central France. We're near Poitiers and Tours, so we're in the central region. Uh, we bought Sivrejites about three years ago, I guess. Done lots of work on it. Um, and yeah, we're ready to uh, to welcome triathletes and non-triathletes alike. It really was a shell, wasn't it, when you bought it, Steve? Yeah, yeah, it was, you could say that. There was, basically there was nobody, there had been nobody here for about four years, um, and yeah, so it was, it needed work, let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> we spent probably... 18 months renovating it just and we've done all the work ourselves we've uh, yeah it's something that interests us and it, it means that you get your own kind of commitment to the place and you get to stamp your own mark on it as well so it's it's been a journey and it's been fantastic and and now we're, we're we think we're in a great place with it excellent tell us a little bit more about the region first of all and then you can then I'll let Paul ask a question. I mean, the, the region, it's called Centre. We're about an hour south of the River Loire. If you come across by ferry, you'd come from, if you're doing something like Portsmouth on the ferry, you'd come into Carn or La Havre. So it's about three and a half hours by car. Uh, so it's a, a nice manageable drive. The roads are dead quiet on the way down. You don't go near Paris. And no. um, yeah. then once... <laughs> Once you're here, you've got the, um, you're basically in the absolute middle of nowhere. It's 
for that reason, I think that's one of the big reasons that we, we wanted to live here because it, it gets you away from everywhere um, and everyone. And it means that the roads are just empty. If you want to go out for a run, for example, we, we tend to average one car per kilometre that we'd see when we go running. It's, uh, it's a fantastic place. And if you want to go sightseeing, you've got all the, the chateaus of the Loire Valley and so on. So it's something for everyone. I remember seeing that one car when we were there last time. <laughs> it's the same one. <laughs> but the I went, that lives next I went to you, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. He, uh, he has to come along every now and then just to, uh, just to take his cheese to the market, I think. <laughs> it is really beautiful countryside, though. Not only is it very quiet, it's lovely, wide, open expanse. It's kind of rolling roads. Rolling roads. We've got, we look at it as, you know, it depends what you want. If like today I had to go out and do a, a three hour ride or a, a, whatever it was, three and a half hours. And I just planned a route and I wanted it to be constant. So I could just keep a steady, constant heart rate, steady, constant power. So I just chose a flat route. And I think over the, the 100 kilometres, I got, I think it was 200, 250 metres of climbing, something like that. So it's just, that was rolling. But equally, next week on my plan, I've got to do some uh, some hill work. So I, instead of going down the valleys, you just go across the valleys. And uh, you can find whatever you want to find, you can find. So it's catering for all abilities and all all um all different styles of riding and um the roads are, are suitable for everybody and that sort of thing steve tell us a little bit about what facilities you've got and what you have on site so i guess the uh, the key thing to know that we have on site is a, a 25 meter pool had to be number one <laughs> had to be number had one. to be it's right up at the top it's uh, we're really proud of the pool because we we built it ourselves we we basically did a lot of research on it and found a place in america of all places um and they did a, a basically a build your own kit um so we we bought it from the us uh shipped it across in a container the guy across at the farm opposite unloaded it from the container for us which is very good of him <laughs> and then we spent probably three months building it um and it's it's amazing how much material goes into it and how much hard work there is especially when it's when it's july in central france and you you're working in what we lovingly named it the pit of doom for <laughs> uh, hours on end at 35 degrees it was uh, it was still destroying, but the the, uh, the outcome's really worth it. It's a fantastic bit of uh, fantastic bit of kit, and I can even control it from my smartphone. So how's that? What else have you got on site? So in terms of accommodation, so accommodation, we've got four gites, they're called, which are it's another it's the French name for uh, like a traditional holiday home. Um, we've got the range, I guess, from uh, from a one bedroom cute little place with lovely oak beams and so on to a three bedroom apartment 
that you know you can have at least six people in if you want to have people sharing you can you know you could probably squeeze eight if you wanted to more than or alongside that we've got a all the ground that you need so in these days of social distancing we can be uh, we can be full but equally everyone can have their own space but still be in a communal area we've got a a field out the back that leads down to the uh, the famous pool and <laughs> between uh, between the social area and the field we've got what we call the open barn and within there we've got uh, you know, things, well, we use it for all sorts of things. We've got a treadmill in there, a turbo trainer. We've got a Bose sound system screen with a, you know, one of the big projectors hanging off the roof. So we can have analysis, presentations. We can show everyone, you know, if we're doing swim technique, for example, we can show everyone what's happening and talk through on the big screen. Or if we want to do, we can have uh, our favourite movie, Top Gun. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Dirty Dancing. And what was the third one? Ocean's Eleven, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Could have been. Never mind your swim analysis. Get the movies on. Absolutely. But because there's nobody else around, we we can crank it up as well and have the the need for speed satisfied excellent i'm glad it's still there steve oh absolutely not getting rid of that that's the whole reason we bought this place (laughs) (laughs) in terms of getting in touch and and finding out about subrojits where where's the best place to go so we're uh, we're on instagram um or uh, we're also on Facebook and we've got a website, jeetsatsivray.com. Uh, I know it's self-catering, Steve, but do you support people in terms of uh, run and ride routes? Or We don't want to be pigeonholed into a dedicated triathlon training camp and we don't want to be dedicated to just jeet holidays. What we want to do is provide people with the type of holiday that they're actually wanting. You know, if somebody wants to come and stay with us for a week, for example, and, and sit by the pool and do nothing, fantastic. You know, that's, that's great by us. If, you know, by doing that, they're getting exactly what they want out of a holiday and they go back refreshed. You know, who are we to argue with that? If you've got, on the other end of the scale, you've got someone who's signed up for an Ironman, and um, wants to get some training in and if there is similar similar level or below me I'm happy to go on rides with people or we can just provide routes give advice that kind of thing we we don't dictate to people how they should spend their time you know if they come to see us we can have a chat beforehand and and see what we can do to the best help tell us how you're going to try we haven't really sort of talked about that (laughs) well (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a it's a good um, it's a good question. Let me take you right back to the beginning. So when I was in my teens, I used to be uh, you know a cyclist, and I'd do time trials, the old ten mile time trials, and so on. I discovered women, beer, and child, and worked hard and all that kind of thing, and the the exercise fell off the map. So 
I guess it was in my 30s. I realised I needed to do something when I started getting out of breath going to the canteen for more food. <laughs> and all of a sudden I thought, you know what, I've got to do something about this because you know, I, I had no muscle tone, I had no fitness, no strength, no anything. I was just working. And so a friend of mine, uh, a guy who's called John Rogerson, actually, he suggested do a duathlon. And I said to him, what's a duathlon? <laughs> so, <laughs> but it was at Thruxton. I did a few more and got slightly better. And then I thought, okay, so what else can we do? And this guy, John, said, um, well, why don't we do the Etape du Tour? And there we go. We, uh, we ended up doing that a couple of times. Uh, if you've not heard of it, it's um, usually the Queen stage of the Tour de France. Uh, so it's the one with all the mountains and it's, it's, an iconic it's generally line, hard. Right? I finished it the first time and I just thought, wow, that was all right. I enjoyed that. Um, did it the following year, I think it was. And that was in the Alps. And we finished at the top of the Alpe d'Huez. And that was just absolutely brutal. Until the bottom of the Alpe d'Huez, I was in fantastic shape. And then, boom. But I still finished it. And you go around that corner at the bottom and you just look up. You know. But you ride straight (laughs) to the brick wall, don't you? You ride straight at the bottom of the mountain and then just turn left and it just goes, oink. (laughs) I'm only cocky about things I'm confident about. (laughs) (laughs) You said cockily. Sorry, Steve. Um, <laughs> as you do, running out of challenges, I thought, well, there's no point in going further on the bike because I've never done a triathlon. It, you know, one thing led to another, really, and ended up finishing it. Learning, I had to basically, I had to learn how to swim and start running. Was it, would it be a twelve forty or something like that? Pretty good. About a twelve hours forty. So, how many how many long um, distance triathlons have you done since then, Steve? I've done, I think it's nine altogether now. Uh, if Barcelona goes ahead this year, then that'll be number 10. And that, um, that's your goal for this year, is it? Barcelona? Yeah. Yeah, goal for this year is, uh, is Barcelona, yeah. In a way, if, if they cancel Barcelona, I don't care. <laughs> because I'll be fit. And yeah. you know, my goal is to be fit. Because the, the race is just an opportunity for something to go wrong. You know, you're, you're fit enough, you're strong enough, but it's an yeah. opportunity for something to go wrong. But I, I, enjoy the, I enjoy the training and I love being fit. You know, especially the older you get, the better it is to be fit because there's so, so, much, so fewer people are still fit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're enjoying the process of, of becoming fit and the, you know, getting to the race is only one part of that journey yeah i mean the race don't get me wrong i i love doing the races because that's where you get the measure of just how fit you are if everything goes to plan you're gonna have an awesome day but yeah i i think i maybe actually did i see you at outlaw uh when i did the fall yeah I've kind of wiped that one from my mind a little bit because it was one of my best performances for a while. But I screwed up my nutrition on the bike and I ended up blubbing on the bike and blubbing on the run because I was so cross at myself for getting it wrong. Right. And I remember, I think it was raining uh, on the run and I remember I had my, my little hat on, my, you know, I always run with a running hat on. 
and I had a pair of dark glasses on because I just didn't want to be seen and I didn't want to be there. Yeah, and it was just all because I just screwed up that little piece on the uh, on the bike. But you've not um, done that since. Too right. <laughs> Lesson learned. <laughs> it's all about the process, though, isn't it? It's all about those little things. It's all about absolutely. Um, those 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 tiny little things that can go wrong, and if you if you think about them as a whole and go, right, I've got a thousand things to do before I do this big event, you'll never get there. And then, so you have to do a little bit, like a little bit, like a little bit. And that goes through on race day as well. So when you get there and you yeah. do your, you do your training and you do your, you do your pre-race nutrition, you do your, um, get the bike rack to make sure your nutrition's on the bike and go through all those little processes. Any one of those little things that you get wrong has that effect on you, doesn't it? Yeah, sorry, I, I had a little chuckle there because um, I guess Barcelona, when I did that uh, two years ago, so complacent going into it. I was in great shape, um, feeling cocky and confident. And um, I just, I was so complacent that I, I left my nutrition in the hotel. <laughs> so I had, to get, I had to get Jenny to run back and um, <laughs> pick up my nutrition while I uh, calmly went about pumping my tyres up. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you say, Paul, you've got to, you know, everything's, there's a process. And even now in my transition bag, one of the things that I have is a list of what I need to take. Well, you had that That's list little... and you still forgot something. So... Well, I didn't have it. I didn't have it to take my. Uh, I didn't have it to go down to the start with because I just assumed that I. Yeah. Okay. Again, <laughs> it's a good lesson, though. isn't it? It's it's part of that whole journey and the whole process, reflecting on what you got wrong and how you could do it better next time. Um. So is yeah. is, is training for Ironman then the secret of a happy marriage? Because how long have you and Jenny been together now? Uh, we've been together 17 happy years, actually. Wow. No, we've been married for 30, but 17 have been happy. <laughs> she, she's obviously again. out of earshot, then. She's obviously out of earshot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Jen, um, you've carried Jenny into the triathlon world as well, haven't you? Well, Jenny's story is that, um, that she actually carried me into it, which I... I hadn't realised that, but she uh, she did a, a triathlon first out of all of us. I, she says because she did one, that I did one, but it was because I was looking for something hard. <laughs> 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 but yeah, she started us off in it. Um, and she just did a, I think she did a little go try. And then she did one or two others. And I can't remember if she's done two or three halves. She did, um, she did Vichy as a half she's done outlaw half yeah she's done holcomb half as well so she's and isn't that what triathlon is about we've heard that on a number of the previous podcasts you know number one you've got to be in it for the fun of it because you enjoy it and and it permits all types of different people from for participating for a whole variety of different reasons to satisfy themselves steve tell me a little bit about uh, the stuff you do with Ocean Walker? I know a lot of people swim with drills and so on and 
if you're a full-time athlete, then some of these drills are going to be fantastic for you. But without the um, without the backup of a full-time or that a full-time athlete has, you can end up getting into trouble with some of these, you know, things like zipping up and all that kind of stuff. You can really hurt your shoulders. What we do with the ocean walker technique is we use maximum body rotation and momentum to protect your shoulders and to protect vulnerable joints. It's quite interesting because um, obviously I, I do a lot of swim, swim technique and sort of specialise in that. And actually, it's not dissimilar to, to what we would encourage. I mean, you were talking about drills that could injure you and stuff like that, and, and I absolutely agree. But I would also argue that if you're given the right drills at the right time by a, a coach, then actually you'll, you'll, you'll reap the benefits of that. Um, but going back to your technique, yeah, body roll and, and hip rotation are crucial to the swim. Um, whether it's total body technique, which is um, one quite famous coach advocates, or, or whether it's um, just engaging the hips and the glutes in the right way, it, it's critical to development of your swimming. And there's various different ways of doing that. Um, I think what you've, you've hit upon there with, with Ocean Walker is actually just a way of doing it that works. Um, and it's, 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 it's explained in a way that people can understand. And I think actually having, having, having that, and if you're doing a lot of your training by yourself, having that explanation in a way that you can understand actually makes it good and helps you develop your swim technique. But I would follow that up with, that and I would, I would advocate actually getting a coach to have a look at your stroke, even if it's just once a month, um, will also massively help and develop your stroke and technique. But you, you need that help. You need that, uh, that guidance. Um, and yeah, you're right. Doing, doing drills like uh, unzipping and uh, fingernail trail and some of those things that um, are a little bit older, perhaps. Um, yeah, we need to. I think that don't we, we don't really advocate those. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's all about just um, finding that right stroke. It's a real mind shift to actually get into the technique. I there's a reason for every movement that we do and that's what sells it to me is you know we're not just saying oh yeah just put your hand in deeper or put your hand out to the side or put your hand up there's a there's a why behind everything that we do yeah um, I, I'd, agree with, I'd agree with that um but I, what i what i would sort of just just sort of reiterate is yeah you're right absolutely everything has a reason everything has a movement yeah um and technique is all about understanding why you're doing a particular movement uh, and sometimes the explanation of not so much why but what you need to do um can be made very very simple um so the way a great example is the way i would encourage um somebody who's perhaps got an overarm crossover um, so they're going over that center line with their hand would be to say, try and put your hand in it, you know, 10 o'clock or two o'clock just to sort of, so they can understand that. Um, you might reword that as, you know, swim like a tree or, um, you know, if you want to engage them with their hips, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Case really just demonstrated it, swim like a tree and she just stuck both arms outside. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's about how they perceive that and understand that. And everybody learns differently. So whether they yeah. learn visually, audibly, through reading and watching stuff or, or kinesthetically, we're actually doing stuff. 
Um, and what you tend to find with triathletes is, is a lot of kinesthetic stuff, but a lot of visual stuff as well and understanding what they're doing wrong. So yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying about that. I think, I think it's just a way of how it's presented and it's really interesting to hear you sort of saying it starts from the feet because I would, I would argue that, but I'm not going to do that on here. <laughs> I mean, the, I think what we need to do is get you out here, and I'll uh, I'll take you through the uh, through the mechanics of it, so that you you not because it's right or wrong for you, but just so you get an understanding of where you know where it all kind of fits together. Because I think I look at it as as taking conventional swimming, taking the timing belt off turning it round a quarter or so and putting it back on again. It's been really interesting listening to you about that and sort of, I'm always open to sort of other people's ideas and, and listening to how I'm sort of still trying to get my head around a little bit how they start with the feet. Because um, to me, the torso is the most important thing to start. And then, uh, and, and, and head position. And then we sort of work on the legs. But I'm going to let Kate just chip in a second. Yeah, so I was yeah, going to say, the thing about the, the ocean walker technique and what, how you've described it comes across as fantastic coaching skills, number one. Good explanation of what and why. Yeah. And a focus on technique above anything else, which I think any, any, good, any good swim coach, any good triathlon coach, regardless necessarily of, of the, the bits or the order in which they put everything together would advocate those things. And it will work for some people and it won't work for others. I think when we all learned to swim, I wasn't a competitive swimmer and we learned to swim in a very different way to the kids learning to swim now and, you know, and, and the kids back then who, like Paul, who were at the top of the game back then. And things it was a long time done. ago. <laughs> However, thank you for the invite to come and check out your pool. So we're, we're looking for potentially some venues for um, some PK triathlon camps. So, yeah, we'll get it in the diary and uh, come out. Perfect. Yeah, it'd be great to have you guys. Well, Just a, a uh, final plug for Steve Rajits. Tell us your website name again, Steve. So the website that you'll find us at is www.jeetsatsivray.com. I'm sure you'll agree it was interesting listening to Steve and his story. It's always inspiring to hear about how people are involved in triathlon in different ways. Steve clearly loves his training and doing Ironman triathlon. He's passionate about Sivray Jeets and that lovely 25 meter pool in his back garden. We'll put a link on uh, in the notes. It's also interesting to hear about other coaches' ideas as well, listening to him talk about Ocean Walker. As ever, if you want to leave Kate and I some feedback, you can do via our social media channels, or you can email me at paul at pktriathlon.com. We'll be back very soon with another episode of the PK Triathlon Podcast.